invite you to remain standing for our scripture reading, which comes this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 30. Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making more disciples and baptizing more than John, although Jesus' disciples were baptizing, not Jesus himself. Therefore, he left Judea and went back to Galilee. Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well, and it was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink for me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us and he drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become to those to drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, go get your husband and come back here. The woman replied, I don't have a husband. You're right to say I don't have a husband, Jesus answered. You've had five husbands and the man you're with now isn't your husband. You've spoken the truth. The woman said, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you and your people say that it is necessary to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Believe me, woman, the time is coming when you and your people will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You and your people worship what you don't know. We worship what we know because salvation is from the Jews. But the time is coming and is here when true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. The Father looks for those who worship Him this way. God is spirit, and it is necessary to worship God in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When He comes, He will teach everything to us. Jesus said to her, I am the one who speaks with you. Just then, Jesus' disciples arrived and were shocked that He was talking with a woman, but no one asked, why do you want, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? The woman put down her water jar and went into the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who has told me everything I've done. Could this man be the Christ? They left the city and were on their way to see Jesus. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. <clears throat> this morning we're concluding our sermon series where we've been looking at some of the women of the Old and New Testaments. These women in different ways have modeled for us faithfulness in their response to the work of God in their lives. And they've also shown us the many ways that God can and does use all different types of people to accomplish His plan and to accomplish His purpose, not for our glory but for His. So I have to admit to you is that I've enjoyed uh, preparing for this sermon series and the different situations and stories that we've been reading the last seven weeks. 
As we've encountered each of these women, and as I've read the Bible, I've thought of other women that surely could have been covered or looked at, and so I guess a part two at some point needs to be in the works. So our scripture reading today brings us to the Gospel of John chapter 4. And to set the context of this scripture up, Jesus and his disciples have been in Judea, so they've been in the city of Jerusalem, and in Jerusalem, Jesus is engaged in ministry. In John's gospel, part of Jesus' engaging in ministry is when he goes to the temple and he overturns the tables of the money changers and those that are engaged in commerce and the temple courts. And as his ministry has grown, John chapter 4 tells us something, is that Jesus, and his, Jesus has become more, more popular than even John the Baptist. And so John 4 tells us that the Pharisees begin to notice this, and the opposition to Jesus begins to grow as they begin to see and to notice that his ministry is just building. And so John 1, 4, 1 through 3 says, Jesus learned that the Pharisees heard that he was making more disciples and baptizing than, more than John, although it was his, his disciples baptizing, not Jesus. And so Jesus left Judea and went back to Galilee. So basically, Jesus hears that the Pharisees are finding out. They're starting to get frustrated with what's going on. They're starting to get uh, maybe jealous or maybe threatened by Jesus' ministry and what's happening. And so he's realized that he needs to, to basically leave Jerusalem, probably to just relieve some of the pressure so that he can continue his ministry and then at some point return. And so the scripture tells us that he traveled north to Galilee. Well, it's a travel north from Galilee, from Judah. There are a couple of routes that he could have taken. The longer route would have uh, followed the, the Jordan River, as you see it going right there north to south between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. This was the longer route, and it would have avoided the shaded portion, called, which was the region of Samaria. The much shorter route that Jesus took, and the scripture tells us there was a reason that he did, was directly through Samaria, where Jesus went to the town of Sychar, where it still you know, follows the Jordan River, but it's much more direct and doesn't involve him going around a whole portion. And John 4.4 tells us that the reason that Jesus was there was not an accident. John 4.4 says Jesus had to go through Samaria. So there's a purpose in this. And I think it's helpful for us to remember that there is a purpose in this as we read the rest of this story. This isn't an accident. Without spending a lot of time on, on the Judean and, and Samarian kind of conflict between the Jews and Samaritans, you know, just a reminder that in the time of Christ, there were generations of conflict that had already existed between these two regions. The conflict centered around intermarriage, pagan worship, and the existence of where the temple was, whether it was in Jerusalem or Mount Gerizim in Samaria, and then also how worship was conducted. And so the Samaritans conducted worship on Mount Gerizim. We know that the Jews celebrated and conducted worship in the temple in Jerusalem. And so while simplifying it tremendously, basically that's the conflict that we're reading about today that led to the Judeans avoiding Samaria as much as possible, even if that meant traveling miles out of their way. So there's something important that we need to remember, is John 4.4 is very specific in telling us about why Jesus met this woman. And John 4.4 wants us to see that there's a purpose. 
John wants us to know that, that what we are reading and what we are thinking about this morning and what we are experiencing with Jesus and the Samaritan woman was not an accidental encounter. Jesus entered Samaria because there was a reason he needed to be there. And so God had a plan for him going into this region, going into this city. This was no accident when Jesus met this outsider at this well outside of town. She was an outsider in so many ways. She was a woman. She was a Samaritan woman. She was a woman in a culture where women weren't as important. She was an outsider because of the way that she had chosen to live her life and the way that she had tried to find meaning in her life. She was an outsider because of the five marriages that she had been part of. And then the, the man she was with was not her husband at the time. Gian wants us to see how much of an outsider she is. He's not just, um, he wants us to know and to think about what this means for Jesus to be encountering this woman. It's midday. This isn't when people draw water at the well. It was drawn in the morning to get fresh water for the day, returning to the well in the evening. The Samaritan woman in John's gospel was at the well in the hottest part of the day, and she's there at her own time, and we know that because she was you know, outside of everything, perhaps to avoid the stairs, perhaps to avoid the comments. And so instead of drawing water and returning home, who does she encounter but Jesus? Jesus who's alone. Jesus who's sitting at the well. Remember John 4.4 4 tells us that Jesus had to go to Samaria. And so Jesus is there and he's waiting for her. He sent the disciples into town to buy food for their group. See, God's at work in this. He knows if the disciples were there. Jesus knows if the disciples were there. It would have been, um, you know, that... That the disciples' presence, when the woman saw that this mass of men at the well, she might have turned around and gone back home. Jesus knew that the disciples being there, if he had talked to this woman, their reaction might have been scorn or preventing the woman from talking back to Jesus. He knew that the disciples would be freaked out when, when they heard him ask her for a drink of water. Instead, it's just the Samaritan woman and Jesus. And so at the well, he asks her for a drink from her jug once she draws water. Now, John tells us there's something more important about this well. This was the well that had belonged, if you read in the book of Genesis, chapters 32, 33, and beyond, to Jacob. This ancient ancestor of Israel. Jacob had, had purchased this land in Genesis 33. This land is the first land in Scripture that the, the Hebrew people owned in the land of Canaan or the promised land. This is a land that, that Jacob had deeded to his son Joseph. Joseph who had the multicolored coat and who was sold by his brothers in slavery only to be placed in Egypt in order to rescue his people. See, this is the land that the people of Israel had carried Joseph's bones from Egypt all the way through the wilderness for 40 years and buried him there. See, this isn't insignificant land. And the well was Jacob's well, a well that they had dug. And at this well, Jesus encountered this woman. And so when Jesus asks her for a drink of water, she responds by saying, why, why, as a Jew, why are you asking me this? 
Her response is based on generations of conflict. Her response is based on who she is as an outsider, even in her own community. And why would Jesus risk becoming unclean by coming in contact with her or her water jug? Now see, where Jesus is surprising is his reaction or his answer to her. When he says, if you recognize God's gift and who is saying it to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him and he would give you living water. See, she's thinking that Jesus is is just offering something physical, a drink of water to quench his thirst. But what she does not realize is that Jesus is there to offer her something else which is living water. See, this isn't an accident, right? John 4, we read, where where it says Jesus had to go to Samaria. This is God's plan. This is God's purpose. This is God bringing living water to someone who, who knew she needed to receive it and who wanted to receive that. And she knows what he means when he asks her, do you want the living water? She knows what he is offering. And she knows, even as she asks, that Jesus is even greater than Jacob, their ancestor, whose well that they were meeting at. See, I think if we read her story, I think we see a woman who knows that she needs more. She knows she wants more. She knows what she believes in. But she doesn't know who brings the answer until she encounters Jesus at the well and all of her needs and her wants and everything else in her heart is confirmed because she has received the living water of Jesus Christ. And see, it's all well and good until Jesus told her to go get her husband. And so she says, I don't have one. Jesus knew her story, didn't he? He knew her situation. He knew her heart. He knew how she had been trying to to fill the voids in her life with things, with relationships, with everything else. He knew the way that she had lived. He knew of everything that was going on with her. And Jesus knew, and because he knew, when he told the Samaritan woman that, all of her belief was confirmed and she believed. And she believed that he was the Messiah who had come. The one who had been promised and the one who was supposed to come. She said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will teach everything to us. I think that she knew Jesus was the Messiah when she said that the Messiah was coming. I think she knew because he had already revealed himself to her in terms of what he knew about her present life and her past life. Jesus had come. The Messiah was was standing there before her and he knew her. All of her dirt. All of her burdens. All of her pains. He knew everything. And instead of holding the dirt and burden and pains against her, Jesus is willing to exchange all of these things with his grace and with his mercy and with his forgiveness. He was willing to to exchange all of those things with the living water that he was offering. That's who he tells her this. He says, I am, I am the one who speaks with you. So she said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will teach everything to us. So she's saying the Messiah is going to teach. It's going to answer our questions. And Jesus says, I am the one, the one that speaks to you. And see, he affirmed to her what, that what she believed and, and had discovered that day at the well. And if you go and you read in the Gospels, this is the only place until Jesus is, is basically facing his crucifixion before Pontius Pilate that he confirms to someone that he's the Messiah, that he tells someone that he's the Messiah. Go read the Gospels, look. I mean, think about it. When Jesus cast the, um, the, the demons out of, of, of the man in the land of the Gerasenes and, and the demons ran into the, the herd of pigs and the pigs ran into the Sea of Galilee, what did Jesus tell, tell the disciples and the people after they'd seen that? He said, don't tell anyone, didn't he? There's other times in the Gospels where we've read where Jesus is healed and people have received healing either from from uh, physical or, or other issues that have going on with their bodies. And, and after they're healed, Jesus says, go, but don't tell anyone. But see, here we have this Samaritan woman who says, I know the Messiah is coming. I know the Messiah is going to tell us everything we need to know. And to her, Jesus says, I am he. This time, this isn't in the temple in Jerusalem, is it? It's not in the, next to the Sea of Galilee as people are looking and, and listening and receiving. But Jesus confirms this in the Samaritan city of Sychar. This time next to Jacob's well. This time essentially in no man's land for those who are of the Jewish faith and culture. This time to a Samaritan woman who, who was an outsider, not just in terms of her relationship to the people of Israel, but also in terms to her own community. Jesus confessed who he was, and she believed. John tells us that the disciples returned just as Jesus and the Samaritan woman were finishing their exchange. She left quickly and went to, into town to tell all of the leading citizens of the city of what she had found and what she had received. She told them in John 4.39, and, and John says, Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. And so the citizens of Sychar asked Jesus to stay with them, and he and the disciples did for two additional days. And the scripture tells us that many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, not we believe, not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this indeed is Christ, the Savior of the world. At the well, Jesus found a true worshiper. At the well, Jesus found someone who was searching for meaning, for life, and for everything else. At the well, Jesus found a true worshiper who was, who was not anyone that any person would have walked down the street and thought, oh, it's her. Scripture doesn't tell us anything else about this woman. It doesn't tell us anything else about her except that her heart was changed due to her encounter with Jesus and her life was changed as well. 
Scripture tells us that, that her response was the response that, that we see throughout the Gospels when people encounter Jesus Christ and they have to go and tell others and others believe and they hear and their lives are changed as well. But see, friends, Scripture tells us that she was a new creation. The very same new type of new creation that we read about in 2 Corinthians 5.17, when Paul writes, If anyone else is in Christ, that person is part of the new creation. The old things have gone away, and look, the new things have arrived. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is one of the very essentials of the faith that you and I can, can plant our flag upon and we can build our lives in. Is that the living water of Jesus Christ is offered to us with our baggage, with our pain, and for all of us who receive it, we can give thanks. For we, you, me, are new creations. Thanks be to God. Amen.